here. Appreciate the Lord for all His goodness, all His blessings upon us, allowing us this privilege, opportunity to gather and assemble again with one another in the house of God. And I'm glad I'm saved. I'm glad I'm a part of the family of God. I'm glad He's still working on me. And I'm glad for times that He works on me. If you're saved and His work is in you, it's an individual work. Now, He may work collectively on us when we assemble together, but His work will be done individually in each one of us in the collective assembly. That's why the, the Word of God can do so many different things in one service. Convict one over here and exhort one over here. It's the Lord doing His individual work even though we are a collective body. I'm glad for His individual work. And I'm glad it's not just in the house of God. I'm glad it's outside the house of God. I'm glad I don't have to, and I thank God for this place. And I believe there's plenty of scripture to back up the fact that you ought not to miss this place, if at all possible. I understand that there are times that we need uh, a time away, and all, I understand all that, but I think the church house and the assembly together, the people of God, is very, very necessary in the believer's life. It, it, matter of fact, I would go so far scripturally to say that if it's not necessary, then probably not a believer. Probably never been saved if the if if it's not a necessary thing to assemble together with the people of God. But I'm glad that I don't have to come here just to get him to work on me. I'm glad he works on me on Monday and on Tuesday and on Friday and Saturday and all the other days because I belong to him. See, we don't just belong to him on Sunday. That's the mentality of our day is that we just belong to God about two days a week. And many people just belong to God about an hour a week. Because that's about all they give God anyway. But, but that's not right. We, we are a, and it was taught this morning in Sunday school, we are a peculiar people. It means we belong to Him all the time. He paid to buy us. The Scriptures say we do not belong to ourselves anymore. We are to go, the Bible said we have been bought with a price. And he did not just buy part of us, nor did he just give part of the price. But he paid everything to get everything from us. We belong wholly to him. That's why the Bible went on to say, Therefore, glorify God in your body and your spirit, which both belong to God. So the spiritual things of our life belong to him, and the physical things of our life belong to him. That's why we're to live every day soberly, righteously, and godly because we belong to Him. And I appreciate the Lord working on me. I'm glad I belong to Him. I remember Brother Hanley Mibbe saying, there are many things I've heard the brother say over the years. He said, I'm glad I'm not God. I let myself buy with things. I'm glad God don't let you, if you belong to Him, He doesn't let you buy. He don't turn a blind eye because it'd be easier for you if he just lets you buy with this one, he'll catch you on the next one. God doesn't work that way. He won't let you buy with anything. Matter of fact, when you're saved, you sin, it grieves the inner man inside you. And uh, there may be some, the Bible speaks there's pleasure in sin, but it's all for a season. 
That outer man may enjoy it, but the, the inner man never does enjoy sin after you get saved. Never does. The flesh may take pleasure in it. That's what the flesh does. It gratifies and glorifies itself. That's why we have to put it aside. But the inner man never does take any pleasure in sin when he's saved. He's created has the nature of Christ living in him. He, the Bible said God can't even look upon sin. That inner man has no zero tolerance for sin. That's why you get grieved when you're saved. You do something wrong, man, you think, why? You ever done something? You think instantly, why did I do that? And it bothers you, and you hate yourself for it. That's, that's one testimony of the fact you're saved. If you hate yourself when you sin, because that's what God does. He hates sin. And so therefore the inner man doesn't like sin either. I'm glad I know that. I'm glad I've been a recipient of that. I'm glad I've experienced that. And I'm not fully matured in neither of you. That's why Paul charges us as he charged the church at Corinth and other places to go on to perfection. There's more ahead for us. But we are growing, or we should be, as we're saved by the grace of God. And I'm glad for some things I've experienced along the journey about the relationship, things I'm figuring out by the help of God. Not that I'm figuring out, but that God's allowed me to figure out. About our relationship. The more you spend with someone, the more you learn about them. That's the way it ought to be with the people of God and the Lord. You get saved, you ought to spend some time with Him. I believe that's right. It was mentioned this morning in Sunday school, and I'm not trying to reteach what's been said, but it kind of goes along with everything that's been working in my heart this week. There ought to be some fellowship. Somewhere along the line, you ought to spend some time with God. More than just collectively in the assembly. You ought to get up in the morning and spend a little time with God. You ought to spend some time with Him throughout your day. Get in the truck. You ever got in the vehicle and... And the reality is, if we could really, and this ties in with what was said this morning in the Sunday school hour, that he gave himself for us, and the reality, the reason he did that is you mean more to him than he does. If we ever lay hold of that, that, that I and you, we know what we are, but, but the reality is, one writer, Madden Spurgeon says, he knows us more than we know us. And he knows all the things we don't even know about ourselves. He knew what we would do before we ever got saved, after we got saved, and He still loved us and gave Himself for us anyway. Ain't that something? And to think that God wants to fellowship with you more than you want to fellowship with Him. That's something, ain't it? The Creator of everything desires, craves, longs for the fellowship of His people. You ever get in the vehicle and start going down the road and all of a sudden you may be by yourself, but all of a sudden somebody's in the car with you. You know why he does that? Because he craves your fellowship. He doesn't do it because it makes him any more God. He doesn't need us to make him God. He's God all by himself. But he does that because he desires fellowship with his people. That's why we were created. To walk and talk and fellowship with him. It's the whole purpose of man was the fellowship with God. That's why he desired, that's why he made Adam, and that's why he was willing to pay the price to restore what he had with Adam. Thank God for that. I'm glad I'm saved. I'm glad I'm a part of the family of God. I'm glad to be here with you this morning. and Thank the Lord for it. I want to look this morning in 2 Timothy chapter 1. And I don't know 
exactly what all I'll say or how much preaching I'll do. They just testify a little bit. That'll be okay. Whatever the Lord wants. Been trying to pray. I've had a lot of thoughts run through my heart over the last few days from the Lord and and in fellowship with the Lord and in uh, meditation about who the Lord is and what He's done. And, and this is just what's been on my heart. i got one word on my heart. And I thank the Lord for the word. And uh, we'll look at it this morning if God will help us. 2 Timothy chapter 1, if you found your place, let's stand for just a minute. Begin reading in verse number 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. Well, there's a lot of rich truth in the 12 verses I read this morning. I thought about verse number 9 when we was reading there where the scripture said, Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling? Not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Boy, that's something. That before, I heard Brother Milby say, before God ever said good morning to Adam in the Garden of Eden, he knew me and he knew you. What a thought. Was given this hope, this grace, this purpose of God, we said a few weeks ago while I was preaching the purpose of God never changes. And God's purpose for us has been so since before the world began. But now this purpose is made manifest in us because Christ has appeared unto us. And he has brought life, the scripture said, and immortality to light, giving us light 
through the gospel. Thank God for the preaching of the gospel that's brought immortality and life to light for us. We who were sometimes darkness, we who were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, in reality, none of us here this morning, as far as I know, we would all fall into that category of the Gentiles where Paul said, our part, our place, our standing before Christ came for us was that we were without God and without hope in the world. But thank God Christ came and he broke down the middle wall of partition and he had now made both one family Jew and Gentile and brought us all together in the family of God. Thank God for that. And Paul here is writing to his son Timothy in the faith. We all know that. This is the second letter that Paul has written to him. And apparently, the best that I can understand in reading the scripture, apparently there's some hesitation in Timothy to preach the gospel. Apparently there's something going on. I don't know. It reads to me like that Timothy is afraid of facing the affliction and the persecution that Paul has faced for preaching the gospel. At this letter, it's not Paul speaking to Timothy face to face. Paul is in prison for preaching the gospel. Paul is at Rome. It's not going to be very long that Paul's going to have his head taken off because he preached the gospel. Timothy is over yonder trying to carry on the work that Paul first had. And Paul is instructing Timothy two things, not to be afraid and not to be ashamed, but to be a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel and let the power of God work in him like it did in Paul. We read that verse and I have quoted it many times but this week it became new to me. In verse number 7 where Paul tells Timothy, he is writing in context to Timothy and he tells him for God hath not given us the spirit of fear. In other words what Paul was trying to get him to understand. He said there's faith in you and there's the power of the Holy Ghost. He said in verse number 6 to stir up the gift of God that is in thee. That's the power and the anointing of the Spirit of God. And he said don't be afraid. God does not, we're not to serve God with fear of what man may do to us for our service. That's why Paul wrote for God hath not given us the spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. He said don't be afraid. And don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed of the Lord. And don't be ashamed of His Word. And don't be ashamed of me. Identify with me as a preacher of the gospel. He said, just take it up, Timothy. Pick it up, Timothy. I think it was much the charge, maybe the inward charge that went on. It's not recorded in so many words, but I think it's what resonated in the heart of Elisha that day when Elijah was called up to heaven about a whirlwind and Elijah's mantle fell. I think there was something inside Elijah that said, pick it up. Pick it up. And that's what Paul's preaching. And I tell them, pick it up. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. Pick it up and let God work in you. And Paul's writing to Timothy trying to assure him that there are afflictions that are going to come. And there is problems that are going to come. And there are going to be days you want to give up. And there's going to be days you feel like quitting. And there's going to be days Paul has been through enough to know. There have been days that Paul said, I've been all forsaken. 
He said, there are going to be days, Timothy, you're going to feel like you're all alone. That, that great scripture that Paul said, he said, at my first answer, no man stood with me, all men forsook me. He said, no, it's standing the Lord stood by me. He said, Timothy, it ain't about how big your crowd is. Timothy, it ain't about how many leave or how many stay. He said, I'm telling you about one who's ever present with you. And if he's with you, nothing else really matters. And he gets down to verse number 12. And this is where my heart is. He said, for the which cause I also suffer these things. In other words, Paul is telling Timothy, there's a reason that I'm going through what I'm going through and that you're going to go through what you're going through. He said, nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. He said, I'm not trying to get pity for what I'm going through. He said, for I know whom I have believed. Paul was trying to encourage and exhort. Paul had the gift of exhortation. Paul had the gift of encouraging And Paul is doing this to Timothy. And he says, For I know whom I have believed. And this is what he said, And am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Now there's a lot of contradiction among minds about what that day is. I don't think it really matters whether it be the day of Paul's death or the day of the coming of the Lord, Paul said, I'm trusting him because he's faithful. Paul said, I am persuaded. I know him. And because I know him, I've experienced some things with him that has caused me to be persuaded. I want to preach this morning for just a minute. I won't be very long, I don't think, on I am persuaded. I looked up the word persuaded and I want to get it right because it's real long but I want you to listen to it all now and then I want you to hear the end. It means to trust, to have confidence, to be induced to believe, to be certain, to be assured, to have unwavering faith concerning a person. Paul said, I'm not persuaded by circumstance. I'm not persuaded by works. I'm not persuaded when I have money in the bank and when I don't. He said, all I'm persuaded in is Him and who He is. And I have Him. I know Him. I'm persuaded by Him and I trust Him. I'm unwaveringly confident in Him. I have been induced to believe Him. I've put everything I've got in Him and I'm trusting He'll keep me until that day. I want to say this morning I'm persuaded. Now I got to think about these definitions about being trusted having confidence, induced. That means to be brought to the place to believe. means you can't do it by yourself. I thought about, you know, in, in physical terms for an illustration. And I'm just preaching what's on my heart and I'll be done in just a minute. But I want to say what I've got on my heart this morning from the Lord. But I thought about, you know, a woman... If she can't naturally have her child, they induce her labor. They make circumstances come to the place that she really has no choice. Paul said, I know him. I have had enough fellowship with him 
that He has brought me to the place that I don't have much choice but to be persuaded. You say, preacher, you're preaching uh, some strong sovereignty. You got that right. That is the work of God in us. Uh, they've been places I've been in that if it was up to me, I could not have believed God. Uh, but He has proven Himself time and time and time again and it's induced me to have confidence and be persuaded about Him. I feel like y'all are picking up on what I'm saying this morning. I feel like I'm preaching some folks that are persuaded about Him. And I have three things on my heart this morning of what I need to give to you about why I am persuaded. Number one, I want to say I'm persuaded because of His Word. I can look in this right here and I can see what it tells me about Him. And it persuades me when I read about how He could do what nobody else could do. It persuades me when I read the Word of God and I'm in situations unlike those I read about. Oh, my situation, all the circumstances and the details may not line up exactly, but I find myself where they are. And when I find myself like Peter sinking in the waters of the sea of life and I read about the fact that he can reach out and take hold of Peter and keep him from sinking, it persuades me that I can believe him just like Peter did. When I read about Paul being out yonder on the sea for 14 days and nights, driven up and down in Adria, not seeing the sun or the stars of the moon, not knowing where his hat, wondering that all hope that they should be saved was taken away. But in the midst of it all, getting a word from God, it persuades me that in these dark days, when I don't know where I'm at, when I don't know what to do, I can believe him for a word from God. When I read about and I know we're living in dark days. I'm just going to bear my heart this morning. Feels good in my soul. How to be in the house of God. I'm going to tell you something. I'm just going to tell you. It's us this morning. It don't matter to me what people think. And I don't say that arrogantly. But I have arrived not to, not to hear me this morning. I'm not talking about that I've attained a perfection. But I have, there have been some milestones that I've passed along the way. That doesn't mean I won't ever struggle with things again. But I've been far enough for the Lord. It dawned on me this week, maybe last week, that there's nothing in this world. Now you can think bad about me if you want to. That maybe it's took me this long. The desire's always been there. But last week it dawned on me. Ain't nothing in this world I'd rather do than what I'm doing this morning and what I feel in my heart this morning because I'm like Paul. I know God separated me from my mother's womb to preach the gospel. That was his purpose in me before I was ever thought about. And I'm fulfilling my purpose by the help of God that he's put me in a good place with good people and the power of God. I say thank God I'm persuaded this morning. Oh yeah. I mean, just little things. Pull in where I work. And I understand we got to work. I'm not trying to say I don't have to work. I'm willing to work, and that's part of it. But I pulled in one morning, and I thought, man, I wish it was Sunday. 
I'd like to be in the pulpit preaching this morning. And it's been a long time since I felt that way down on the inside. But it's making me persuaded that I know why I'm here. I know why God's put me here. I'm not much of a preacher. I know that. But I've got a great big God that can override my inability and my weakness. He don't call the qualified. He qualifies the call. We've been called with a holy calling. And the power of God's been given. It's time to stir it up and be persuaded about our God. I thought about O.J. Iris. Now I'm preaching me this morning from me, from my heart, what the Lord's done for me. I thought about O.J. Iris sending down, going down yonder to get the Lord for his daughter that lied at the point of death. He said, my, own, my daughter's only hope is for you to come lay your hands on her. And it dawned on me and I realized uh, greater than I probably ever had before. I got four girls sitting on the pews this morning uh, and their only hopes for God uh, to lay His hands on them uh, and call them out of darkness uh, and out of the deadness of sin and save them and put them in the family. Uh, but when I read what He did for Jairus' daughter, it makes me persuaded uh, that He can do it for mine like He did for her. And so I'm persuaded by, by His Word. But they don't say I'm persuaded by His witnesses. I mean, this is how the Lord gave it to me. And I got two of them to give you this morning. Number one, I'm persuaded by the Holy Ghost. And He's His witness. Go home and study the Scripture. That's what He came to do. To be a witness of Christ. Jesus said, I'm going away, boys. But if I go away, I'll not leave you comfortless. He said, I'll send another, the Spirit of truth. And He will testify to me. He'll recall to your remembrance all things whatsoever I've said unto you while I've been with you. In other words, He said, He will witness to you of me. He'll tell you about me. He'll testify to you about me. That is the, the work, the working of the Holy Ghost is to witness about this one we're persuaded of. He helps us be persuaded. He induces us to be persuaded. When the outer man says just don't trust Him. When the outer man says there's no way you can trust God. When the flesh says this is impossible. Thank God for an inner man who's led by a witness of the Spirit of God. And it overrides the outer man and he's induced to trust Him and be persuaded. Not only am I persuaded by the witness of the Holy Ghost, but I'm going to tell you something this morning. I'm persuaded by the witnesses of the people of God. Oh yeah. You know what I'm preaching about. When we come in the house of God and somebody breaks out and says, i got to tell what the Lord has done for me. Or somebody says, I want to... Thank the Lord for answering prayer. And they begin to tell how God moved and how God worked. You say, what's that doing, preacher? It's persuading us to believe Him. It's a witness of His power. It's a witness of His person. It's a witness of His faithfulness. It's a witness of His Word. It's a witness that He is who He said He was. And it induces us. I believe I'm hitting it this morning. 
When someone goes to testify and something goes to bubbling and a gurgling and a ringing over in you, you know what that is? It's a witness. It's a persuasion that something on the inside is registering with what they're saying. And the reason it's registering is not so much about how they say or what they say, but it's who they're saying it about. And they know the same one you know. And it's registering with you that they're persuaded about the same one you're persuaded about. And that they're praying to the same one you're praying to. And the same one's been faithful to them that's been faithful to you. Or maybe you're at the bottom and you're wondering whether he's hearing you. Or wondering whether he cares about you. Or wondering whether he'll be faithful to you. And when they go to witness it about what he's done for them, it persuades you to believe against all odds that he will take care of you. And so I'm persuaded by His Word. And I'm persuaded by His witnesses. Now I don't want to do them any discredit. Thank God for the Word of God. Thank God for the witnesses of the Holy Ghost and the people of God. But I want to say this morning, I'm persuaded by what He's done for me. I want to hear what He's done for you. But if we come in and have service and you don't tell me anything, if that's all I'm banking on to be persuaded, I'm out. And I want to hear it. And it helps me be more induced to be persuaded. But whether you tell me what He's done for you or not, I know what He's done for me. I know where I've been. I know who I am. But I know who He is. Paul said, I know whom I have believed. Now Paul said, Timothy, if you believe Him, I know Him. And you believe Him. And if everybody else at the church at Galatia or Corinth or Philadelphia or Thessalonica or Ephesus or wherever, if they believe Him, I know Him. But He said, I have believed Him for myself. He's mine. He saved me. That's what Paul said. He loved me and gave Himself for me. I'm persuaded because of what He's done for me. had a lot of emotions and a lot of thoughts this week. Two things the Lord let me realize this week. Number one, I'm very ungrateful for what I have. I'm not talking about necessarily, though those th- I'm ungrateful for those things too. I'm not necessarily talking about just temporal things, but I am ungrateful. I'm just being honest. The Lord told me I was, and so I am. I'm grateful for the house I live in, the car that I drive, and all those things. But I realize I'm ungrateful for the spiritual things and the things that God has done in my life. i got a wonderful wife who loves me and gives herself for the ministry. Never once... Calls have come. I've traveled across the country to preach. 
by myself, left her at home. She's ironed my clothes, packed the car. I'll come home. It'll be ready to go. She tells me she loves me. I get in the car and go down the road. She never has complained. You say you're glorifying her. No, I'm glorifying God. Glorifying God. We've been through hurt and turmoil and trouble. I've seen people who profess to be church people treat her worse than anybody ought to be treated. Never a complaint. Never once. I got four beautiful girls the Lord's given me and she's laboring to raise them and we're doing it together the best we can by the grace of God. And I've been real ungrateful. I got a church that loves me. And I've been real ungrateful. I don't know what the plan of God is. I don't know. Someone asked this morning, and I'm not fussing about it. Ask all you want to about maybe the details of the earth. I don't have a clue. But I know what I feel in my heart where I am this morning. And if God wants us to rent this place till Jesus comes, that'll be all right to have the power of God and to be where God wants us to be. And I've been real ungrateful. Been real ungrateful. Today's August the 13th. 2023. It don't fall on a Sunday every year. But on this day, 17 years ago, I stood on green carpet behind a pulpit and told a congregation that God had called me to preach 17 years ago today. And the Lord really dealt with my heart this week. And I got to, and I'm just going to tell you how the Lord spoke to me this morning. This morning while I was sitting on that pew right there. He said, look in your Bible. See how many pages are there. There's over 1,900 pages in my Bible. He said, now flip through and look at... I'm just, the, the Lord, you can believe it. Don't, don't matter to me whether you do or not. I know what he said. He said, flip through it and look at all the words. And I got to flipping through and my Bible's got pretty little print, you know. 1,900 pages, that's a whole lot of words. He said, in 17 years... The times you failed me outweigh 1,900 pages of all them words. He said, now flip to the front. And I flipped to the front and this is what it looked like. He said, that's the record of every time I've ever failed you. It's blank. Not a word. 1,900 plus pages of all my failures. Ain't a one of his. He ain't never failed me. And I've been real ungrateful. Real ungrateful. There have been times in 17 years I've climbed behind the pulpit and thought I had it all figured out. And he let me know real quick I didn't have it all figured out. But there have been other days I walked behind the pulpit and thought, Lord, I ain't got a word. And all of a sudden from heaven... Like a mighty rushing wind. Here it come. And it didn't have nothing to do with me. Cause I was empty as a drum. There's been days I've come behind the pulpit. Wanting to preach and couldn't preach. But there's been days I've come behind it. Not wanting to preach. And been able to preach. With the help of God. And see God move. I remember a Wednesday night. I just told the Lord whatever he wanted me to tell. If he'd bring it to my heart and mind, I'd tell it. It don't matter to me. I know my failures. 
I'm not magnifying my failures. I'm magnifying His faithfulness. I remember a Wednesday night. I'd been preaching or been part of the camp meeting in Kentucky that week and had to come home. And on a Wednesday night, I was filling in for a preacher for an indefinite amount of time. I was going through health problems and some of y'all were there. And I walked into the church Wednesday night and I did not want to preach. I mean, I'm just being honest. You can think bad of me if you want to. It's just the reality. I did not want to preach. And I got behind the pulpit and the Lord said, You preach what Jesus said to Nicodemus. You must be born again. And so I did. I didn't want to. But I did by the help of God. And He showed up. And I watched a young man on the left side of the church get up out of his pew and fall up in the altar about right here and get saved by the grace of God. I didn't want to preach. And it was my faults, my failures. But thank God for His faithfulness all these years. And you've seen it and so have I. I've seen what He's done. I've been a recipient of what He's done. I remember preaching on a Wednesday night in this building when we had just kind of hadn't even formally organized. We was just walking by faith. We didn't know what God was going to do. We didn't know where we was going to go or what we was going to do. I remember meeting with the men in this building, this little room right over here. And one of the men who's not here this morning, he said, I don't know nothing about all this stuff. And he don't say a whole lot. He said, I don't even know how this is supposed to go. He said, I don't even know if I'm supposed to speak up. He said, what do we do? Do we tell you we want you to be our preacher? And I knew right then what God was getting ready to do. I knew before then. I just didn't know. God had been showing me. I was preaching all, traveling all around. And when I get down to pray and couldn't pray about anything else, I could pray about this place. And I didn't know what God was doing. But His purpose... Just like Paul said before the world began, he had me in this pulpit preaching in this place this morning. And I was here on a Wednesday night when we had organized somewhat. And I said, we're just going to pray what the Lord wants for us to call ourselves. And I stepped off the stage right here just like this. And like lightning, the Lord said, Gospel Way Baptist Church. And while I was preaching, I said, the Lord said to call this place Gospel Way Baptist Church. And that's what's on the sign. Not because I said so, because He said so. I was here when the Lord said I wasn't even the pastor. When the Lord said, you need to have a three-day meeting. I said, that's unheard of. I'm not the pastor. He said, I don't care. He said, that's what I want you to do. And he said, here's the two men you call. I called Jeremy Oakley from Fountain Run, Kentucky and Joel Hyde from Salisbury, North Carolina. I said, I know this is out of ordinary. I said, I know I'm not the pastor, but God's told me that you two men are supposed to come preach Monday through Wednesday. I said, well, you have enough confidence in me and trust me enough to come and preach these days. And they said, we'll come. And I was here when Brother Jeremy stood behind this pulpit and took Psalms 133 and preached how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And he preached about it being like the dew. That when the rain didn't fall, if the dew would fall, it'd get us through dry times. And we'd experience some dry times along the journey. But thank God for the dew of God that's fell and carried us through. I'm persuaded He'll take care of us. Yes, brother. 
I'm going to say this morning because the Holy Ghost is telling me to. I have no idea what may happen with that other building. In my mind, if I'm going to be honest with you this morning, preaching from the pastor to the church, it's probably highly unprobable that we will be in that building. If God wants us to be, probability does not matter. But I'm going to tell you this morning, I'm persuaded enough that if we have to pay rent here until we're all called out, he'll be faithful as he always has. I'm persuaded. Not cause I'm something. What I'm preaching this morning about being persuaded has nothing to do with me. I'm not persuaded because I'm some super spiritual Christian. I'm not persuaded because I'm the preacher or the pastor. I'm not persuaded because of who I am or where I've been. I'm persuaded because of Him. When you know somebody as good as Him, you can't help but be persuaded. That's what Paul was saying. Induced to believe. Paul said, if you know him like I know him, you can't help but trust him. Look at his track record. Don't worry about what everybody else has experienced, what God's done for everybody else. Look back in your life. How many years you've been saved? What's God's track record in your life? How many times He failed you? I guarantee you come up with the same notes I got. Be about like this right here. Blank. Never once. Never, never, no never. Not one time has He ever failed you. I can go farther than that this morning. I can say that I have never one time been disappointed in Him. You say, preacher. Now, I've been disappointed in circumstance. I've been disappointed in situations. But through it all, I have never been disappointed in Him. I may not have understood it all. There are still some things that I've experienced in the past I still don't understand to this day. But I'm not disappointed in Him. Because like the writer of the song said, through it all, God's been good. And I got to reading this scripture and the Lord got to work in this word in my heart. This thing of being persuaded. I got, thank God for His word and thank God for the witnesses. But He got to working in me and I, I thought about the church I grew up in where I stood 17 years ago and announced my call to preach. The choir used to sing a song. And the verse goes something like this. And I know that particular song in context is talking just about salvation. But the writer said, I could tell you a story when the thousands were fed, when He lifted the sick, when He raised the dead. I could tell of the others like the blind made to see. But the writer said, but I'd rather tell you what happened to me. And see, I get real persuaded by His Word, reading about all them others He done it for. I get real persuaded. And I get real persuaded by your witness and the witness of the Holy Ghost in me. But I'm going to tell you something when I get to looking on what He's done for me. My own experience with Him along this journey. It really persuades me that He's able. That's what Paul said. I'm persuaded that He's able. You say, preacher, what do I need to be persuaded of? That He's able? See, that covers everything. It don't matter what you're going through where you are. He's able. 
No matter what tomorrow holds, he's able. No matter what the workforce throws at you tomorrow, he's able. No matter what the doctor says next week, he's able. I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Really what Paul's saying, if I understand the Scripture right, Paul said, I've committed myself to him. I've given myself. He said, I'm persuaded he's able to keep me, take care of me. Paul said, I'm not keeping myself, Timothy, and you're not keeping you. He said, he's able to keep us. Thank God this morning I'm persuaded. I'm glad to have been in the house of God today. I'm glad to have been in the Lord's house this morning. I'm glad to feel what I... And it ain't all about feeling, but I'm glad I'm saved and there's some feelings associated with it. I'm glad what I feel in my heart this morning because I know whom I believed and I am persuaded that He's able because of His Word, because of the witnesses, and because of what He's done for me, I am persuaded that He can take care of me. And I'm persuaded He can take care of you. If I had any doubt about that, it'd be a bad day. But there's no, I'm not saying I don't worry, but I'm telling you this morning, before you in this service at this moment, there ain't a doubt in my mind He can take care of us. He's able. I'm persuaded. I've been induced to believe that He's able. And I thank God for it this morning. Father, I thank You this morning for the privilege to be in the house of God. What a blessing, Lord. I know I don't deserve it, Lord. I know who I am. Lord, I know my faults and failures. But Lord, I know who You are. And I'm grateful, Lord, that Mercy trumps our deserving. Grace far outweighs our faults and failures. And I'm grateful, Lord, this morning to be a recipient of Your grace and Your mercy. I'm glad I'm saved, Lord. I thank You, Lord, for the gospel and the light that came to my darkness one blessed Tuesday night and saved me. Lord, and brought me to the place that I could know the one that I'm preaching about this morning. Thank You, Lord, for being persuaded. Thank You, Lord, for Your Word and the witnesses and what You've done in my life. I thank You, Lord, for this place and the people here. Lord, help us never, help me, Lord, never take for granted what You've given to us in this place. How You've met with us and helped us, encouraged us and strengthened us. What a blessing. Lord, it's been to be in the house of God. I love you this morning. I thank you, God, for loving me. I pray, Lord, you'd help us all by your work in us to be persuaded. Unwaveringly, Lord, that you're able to take care of us. Thank you again this morning for the privilege to be here. I love you in Jesus' name. Amen.